ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ricky Alpine, and this is Cyboom Cinema. Tonight you will see a show of stupendous and cataclysmic proportions. You will see right before your eyes, without the aid of a microscope, Astro the Turtle Boy. He walks, eats, and sleeps just like a podcaster, but he in fact is a turtle. <laughs> Believe it or not, folks, he even speaks Japanese. And that's only a sample of what you'll see for the one price. Look over there, the beautiful AJ. The dancing, singing marvel of the age. The girl who discovered you don't have to have feet to be a dancer. (laughs) Ricky, the greatest showman. (laughs) The greatest showman that ever lived. Wonderful stuff. That is the greatest intro I've ever heard. AJ, come on, give it up. That was incredible. Too good. When he grabbed his nose. Seriously? Dear listener, he's grabbed his nose and I was like, what's he doing? Yeah. What is he doing? And and then I found out what he was doing and That's I liked right. what he was doing. Okay. It's wonderful <laughs> stuff. Well, shit. Let's move on quick. Let's not dwell. That's wonderful. Uh, and also, AJ, you're pretty wonderful. Uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Okay. Never, <laughs> never really believe you though. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I had a good you time. Know, Okay, all right. Well, that's good. It's because it's I'm No Angel, 1933, May West. Uh, just Let's just get the, the basics out of the way. Who had seen or heard of May West before? Anyone? I have heard of her, but I'd never seen any movie. I, I didn't even know what she looked like. Mm. Okay. Is there, is there a reference in Seinfeld? Doesn't doesn't he say, you, you, you know, you, you, you like, I think Jerry says it to Elaine at one point. Oh. Maybe. Oh wow! Okay. Maybe like you know, you come in here like May West. I think it's when she's like, might be the the what, the cinema episode. <laughs> I'm not sure or whatever. That's ultimate anyway, Seinfeld trivia. Yeah, look, you know, I'm just it's the greatest show ever, and I don't think I don't think we deserve Seinfeld. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we should. I want to apologize to Jerry and say we don't deserve. <laughs> it. So anyway. <laughs> May West, uh, this was, um, as I said, from 1933, budget 225000 uh, estimated. A box office is rental, so when we say that, that's the rental, of presumably, of the film cans. Uh, 2250000 so that's like something like $44 million, uh, in today's cash or something. Either way, it made a shitload of money. And I think I, I vaguely, well... I, I read rather uh, that this she sort of saved the studio, saved mm. Paramount yes. Studios. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps we yeah. can get into that later. In, in, in a and bit. did she only do six movies for Paramount? Yeah, yeah, not that many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's and eleven quite in total, I think. Mm. Yeah, compare yeah. that to how many movies um, Bruce Willis has done. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go with someone else. <laughs> why why the same Bruce time? Willis? No, Bruce in, Willis. in fact. <laughs> Bruce has got a Bruce has got aphasia. Um, he's still got movies coming out. Like it's like he's like Tupac. You just cannot. It'll just be ten years from now. It'll be a new Bruce Willis movie coming out. So anyway, we love you, Bruce. Ah, you have a wonderful future. I see a man in your life. What, only one? Give me my fine furs and fancy gowns. I found a new way to go to town. I'm high. Yes, ma'am. I'm low. Mm-hmm. Takes a good man to break me. Sure does. No man can shake. I know. Until I let him go. Yes, sir. 
sophisticated men to take me on. Well, uh, I'm not really sophisticated. Mm, you're not really out yet, either. <laughs> mm, you got me. Why did you admit knowing so many men in your life? Well, it's not the men in your life that counts, it's the life in your men. <laughs> you, words you spell on me, I'll make your demand. I want you, I need you. Your love must be mine, oh baby, baby. Come up and see me. So anyway, let's get this synopsis out of the way. Uh, I had to watch this a few times to actually pay attention to the story. <laughs> so I think I got it. And I think I got it down. So anyway, the story follows uh, Tyra, played by Mae West. She's a burlesque dancer in Big Bill Barton's Wonder Show. Uh, she shakes her thing for the crowd while her skeezy boyfriend Slick picks the pocket of the distracted dupes. After a flirty signal from uh, Tyra, uh, one of the customers, a rich politician, retires to her quarters for a private meeting, uh, at which Slick, uh, that's Tyra's boyfriend, barges in demanding answers, saying that he's Tyra's husband. Apparently this is uh, some sort of scam called a badger game. Uh, I think we see it at the beginning of the first Mission Impossible film um, before Tom takes his mask off. But we can talk about that another time, perhaps. <laughs> Tom's in the news. Thought I'd, thought I'd shoehorn, shoehorn him in there. Anyway, uh, the customer uh, attempts to leave, saying that he's going to make sure that the both of them, Slick and Tyra, get what's coming to them. Slick hits him over the head with a bottle, and thinking that the blow has killed the man, Tyra uh, has Slick remove the body from her apartment into the hall so as not to bring heat on her. Uh, now, Slick can't help himself, though. Uh, he steals a big, fat, pinky ring off the, the ostensibly dead man's finger. And it turns out the man isn't dead. And he awakens and leads the cops directly uh, to Slick. And he's put away uh, when they find the ring. Now... Tyra is in a bit of a bind now. Fearing she's going to go down uh, to the big house with, with Slick, she retains the, uh, the services of her lawyer, uh, Benny Pinkowitz. She's forced to borrow money from her boss, Big Bill. That's the guy who runs the sort of the circus uh, and promises to do what she needs to do to pay it back, including taking over the Lion Taming Act and even putting her head in the big cat's mouth. Uh, perhaps we'll get into that later. Big Bill and the Rigmaster take her up on the offer, signing her to a big contract to play uh, uh, all the large cities, uh, uh, only on the proviso that she can deliver on what she says. So Tyra's act is, an, is uh, with the big cats is a hit and money and fame follow. And uh, in the uh, town where dreams are made, New York City, she manages to catch the eye of the wealthy Kirk Lawrence. Now, uh, despite being engaged to a stuck-up socialite, Kirk showers Tyra with gifts, mugging himself good and proper. Uh, Kirk's cousin, Jack Clayton, played by Cary Grant, goes to Tyra to get her to loosen her grip on uh, his cousin. Basically, he wants Cary wants um, the engagement called off uh, you know, so his, his cousin can stop being such punk. And uh, Tyra goes to work again, uh, this time on Jack, and now Jack falls for her. So Jack and Tyra become engaged. Now, next, Tyra tells Big Ben, 
that she's quitting the the burlesque show to go straight. She wants to get married to Jack and ride off into the sunset, so to speak. Big Ben has Slick, her old boyfriend sprung from jail, and Slick sneaks into Tyra's apartment when she's out and emerges from the bedroom dressed in a dressing gown just as Jack arrives. So Jack has no choice but to assume that Slick and Tyra are back on. Jack calls off the engagement. Next up, Tyra sues Jack for breach of promise and uh, repre- even represents herself in the subsequent trial. The defense tries to paint her as an A-grade whore, but <laughs> she charms the judge uh, and jury and even Jack. After the trial, uh, Jack goes to give her a big fat check, which she tears up. Tyra and Jack are back on, baby. That was I'm No Angel, a.k.a. Rape Culture, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive, you know, when you can stare at women in public, wink at them and say things like, ooh, mama, and if I wasn't married. that was, Everyone in the crowd watching her dance was a disguster. <laughs> Don't, AJ, come on. They were old, gross, bald, stinky, you know, bring us your poor, tired, huddled masses. There were two young people. Even the young people were gross. Like there's that guy that's chewing and going, oh, what, what, what's the term they use? They're like, yeah, isn't she classy? Elegant. Oh, elegant. elegant. There, that's the word. Elegant. Yeah. Mm. Come on. Elegant. And then he goes, no, is she elegant or elegant? And then the guy goes, elegant. <laughs> and you can see his disgusting chewing gum in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Mama! Just how you feel, man. Is that elegant or is that elegant? Elegant. No, it's sort of like, yeah, it, it, that crowd was cast, like the, the casting director would have been, it's essentially, yeah, like someone from the modern left who's just gone anyway, like, this is, this is all men. This is the, every man in the world. And they're just all, absolute pig man i mean i wouldn't know anything about that so i i wish joe the turtle boy was in this film more freaks did we not had enough freaks? i know i i thought that when i started watching the movie i was like how did we go from hodowowski freak freakery to like actual 1930s like circus AJ, freaks you know d- d- if putting it on a graph you know from the beginning of cinema to now based on the frequency of freaks on cinema over time I feel it's been a downward gradient. Like there's been less every year, way less and less freaks to the point where it's about zero now. Well, it's about, you know, but then there was this point where I feel like the one or two freaks would be, that'd be an Oscar, you know, sort of grab. And now I reckon almost zero freaks. But do you think zero freaks? You've based a podcast on talking about the freaks. <laughs> the freaks with coloured hair and oh, oh, the modern, the the modern the leftist modern freaks. freaks. Yeah, okay. well, they are the modern <laughs> perverts, the geeks, yeah. freaks. Yeah, they are. They are. They're gross. Are, are we talking um, more about like you're talking about disabled? <laughs> disabled. <laughs> hey, don't you Syn- tell me syndromic. what I'm about? I was talking about whoever. What's that? <laughs> Someone with a syndrome. Syndromic. Yeah, right. Okay. I was picturing something real bad, like, I don't know, no no hands. Just, and that's for starters. Anyway, uh, that's that. So, yeah, I'm sorry there wasn't – you didn't get that. But you did get Mae West. Now, Mae West, 
born 1893. Wow. (laughs) She, in this movie, was basically 40 years old. She was, yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. You go, girl, because now, I mean, you can chart it. Like, once you turn 30, like, I mean... And I'm desperately attracted to this woman, so don't take any offense. Even I don't care how old she is, I, I, ever, I'm going to go there. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst, you know, like she was the young thing and for like it seemed like a while and then suddenly overnight just you're 30 and then 40 and now just just relegated to playing dirty mums mm. and stuff, you know. Like, I mean, it happens. It doesn't matter how far back you go. Winona Ryder all the way back, doesn't matter. Like, and and here we've got a woman bursting on the scene and being and beginning at forty, mm. life yeah. beginning yeah. at forty, and being sexy and and in this one full BBW. Well, that's what they keep on going on about in the these docos that I've been watching. Yeah, and, yeah and I was just... like, wait a minute, look all right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like, anyway, they're going, yeah, you know, uh, in these the one the one I sent you, they're like. A, a, a basic, a very homely woman, uh, <laughs> overweight, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, not very attractive, not very attractive. <laughs> and you just go, fucking hell. Yeah. I think, I think BBW, like 1930s style, like BBW's yes. now is like, you know, it's like a totally different. No, because thing. I it's get the feeling, format. like when, when I look at pictures of black and white uh, era and all the chicks back then, oh, and the guys as well. It must have been impossible to get in shape mm. back then. Like, I mean, like, obviously before that, you know, 19th century, I think scarcity would have kept you in yeah. shape. <laughs> you would have definitely had your abs. You know what I mean? Survival Whereas um, from the plowshare, you know. Or the, but, 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 but when you see, you know, the 30s and these urban sort of things, you just go, everyone's skinny fat. Mm. So yeah. it's sort of like everyone's working out or doing what they call working out, which is probably getting on a machine that shakes your butt with a band on it or something, whatever the fuck they're doing, <laughs> or, or big ballistic movements, yeah. like just big th- that, you know, are terrible for you. And But then having a, a gin and a fag mm. and, yeah. you know. And not in that order. And not in that order. <laughs> so anyway, I think it's fantastic. Uh, a few other things. Now, she is credited. As a scriptwriter, yeah, on this film, amazing. So, well, she wrote a um, lot. Yes, including did, a 1926 yeah. play mm. entitled "Sex." Sex. <laughs> yes. So, staged on Broadway, uh, the play received bad reviews, but was a commercial success. No shit. Uh, it was eventually shut by the NYPD due to obscenity, and West spent time in jail because of it. However, there was 375 performances before the NYPD ra- raided um, the company. They all wanted to see it first before they uh, shut <laughs> but, it down. I mean, New York's finest, they really need to work on their on their game. I mean, what was this, like The Wire? They're building a case? Oh, okay, boys, now let me just go see it one more time to be sure. <laughs> you know? and, they've got, yeah. and on the board, they've got like pictures of uh, titties, ass, <laughs> with, the, with like the red string joining them together yeah. and everything. Like, okay, now, <laughs> yeah. if I look, when I saw it the second time, I looked at the titties first and then I looked at that ass. And, they, and then they go, shouldn't we just arrest them all? And they're like, no, 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 one more time, one more time. So anyway, I think her achievement as screenwriter is incredible. Yes, well, yeah. well, there's a there's a really strange title card at the start of the film that says "Story, Screenplay, and All Dialogue" by Mae West, which I, I don't think I've ever seen someone credited like you know 
as the writer of the dialogue like that, you know. Mm. That is, it's a crazy, uh, you know, sort of weirdly formatted Orson Welles-like title card. Do you know what I mean? Like Citizen Kane's got Mm. just a crazy title card at the beginning that basically just says, by Orson Welles or something where you just go, well, okay. And so this is her just saying, yeah, I did everything, see? (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, quite an achievement, um, particularly... You know, back then, I mean, there was there was so many. I mean, you know, this is coming from from us, so we're a little circumspect of some of the stuff out there. And back then, I guarantee you, there was a lot of um, blocks mm. in the way of getting getting in for a woman, and she got in and and killed it. Killed really. it. Well, she basically had this persona down from her vaudeville days in, mm. in New York, as I understand, and then she. Mm. Went to uh, went to LA, went to Hollywood to to make it in films. Yeah, when she was forty years old, and I think uh, sound had just sort of come in then, or it had been around for a little bit. But she kind of, uh, I, I think she needed that because her act was all about these double entendres and mm. you know this very <laughs> suggestive uh, suggestive act. So it, it's hard to do mm. that in the silent era. I see a change of position for you. <laughs> she's well, sitting or reclining. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she means sex. (laughs) But this is this is also interesting because um, some of her her early films here were pre-code films, which and I know Astro, you wanted to talk a little bit about about this this thing here that the Hayes Code, Code, uh, which was basically um, a a a moral code or or, you know basically a a standard that films had to adhere to uh for morality reasons i guess and uh this film was made just before those sorts of rules were heavily enforced before that they sort of had a guide but uh it wasn't but you know when you've seen a pre-code film like when you're like when you watch a it's you're usually watching this black and white movie you can tell it's from the 30s Mm -hmm. it's it's a just just you know for for a few reasons but it's when there's a a a level of um yeah just sort of uh, violence and um <laughs> suggestive suggestiveness and dialogue that you're not that that you're just not used to and it's shocking and you go oh and and it's you have cognitive dissonance because it's like you know I always bring up the same examples but and this is a foreign sort of a foreign film I guess but Metropolis like when when you see Metropolis and you see some of the dream sequences in that with the nudity and all that and you just go you go was this made in like Hollywood and then because it, it it there's in uh, the Hollywood code is so strict that you can't have you know I mean you can't have people men and women laying in the same bed together mm. you can't have uh you know just the just the the you can't you can't show a flushing toilet you know what I mean the first flushing toilet was fucking psycho <laughs> that was the first time we ever saw that oh really you know well, I mean, that wasn't written down, wow. but that was a uh, no-no, wow. you know. Uh, so that was That's the first weird. time that, that people had seen that. People would go, well, it is, <laughs> but it is weird, but you don't notice these things until, um, you know, uh, until they're pointed mm. out. But, 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 um, and look, I mean, a good thing. So, yeah, when you see these pre-code films, it's really exciting because you get a, uh, an insight into, I think, a, 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 a Maybe it's somewhere in between uh, an insight into what was going on at the time. Because I think when you watch enough, you know, movies from, you know, the 40s and whatever, you start to picture in your mind the world back then was black and white. And mm. you picture this sort of the way that people behave in movies, you know, Bogart and whatever, and it, it sort of informs your view of of reality. 
even you know we weren't there obviously so we don't we, we just form this view and then when you see the pre-code ones you start to go wow actually they're a lot like young they've got this sort of same um base interests as all humans and all the you know young excited people we know they love you know smoking and drinking and getting nude and doing dirty jokes and doing all of that and when that was all stripped out mm. basically a year after this movie uh you really start to feel it a year or later well this was movie was credited as being as kicking this off oh wow like, like you know to a certain degree i mean it had been there were there were rules in place before like basic guidelines yeah but this movie was, you know, seen as beyond the pale uh, and <laughs> they started to ramp it up and get pretty serious about it and, and clamp down more and more. Wasn't there also a guy who, uh, was he a director or, or an actor who, who raped and killed another actress and that? All right, well, let's that get into it, shall this we? on as well? <laughs> let's do it. So, Leah, let's do it. So, uh, yes, you're correct. Um, so... The part of the reason they wanted to clamp down on on the cinema and movies was because, in part, there were scandals like the one you mentioned. Basically, they always put alleged, so it was obviously never proven or, or whatever. Uh, the alleged case of you know Fatty Arbuckle raping um, an actress. I'm, I'm fairly sure and there was a couple of other scandals. Basically, this just brought Hollywood into disrepute. Do you know what I mean? Um, and pressure was mounting for something to be done and the, the and it was thought that the desire for this moral cleanup would probably involve the federal government stepping in now that would have created a nightmare situation where films could be screened in some one state but not another you know they might you know might not be in be able to screen in louisiana might be able to screen somewhere else so it would have been a bit of a mess states wise uh, that, that would be pretty exciting, reasons. though, to to have to cross the border into another state to see a film. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it would have been it would have been interesting. But um, can't you remember when Underbelly wasn't uh, Underbelly wasn't available in a Victoria? Blue Murder as well? A Blue Murder <laughs> wasn't so you'd available have to go, here. Everyone oh, really? Would go to Sydney and get it. Wow. The first I, did, I didn't know that because the court cases were happening. Oh, <laughs> so. Sorry. I mean, can it be can it be for a better show? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> anyway, Hollywood decided to, rather than wait for that to happen, decided to police itself and created this uh, the Motion Pictures Producers and Distributors of America uh, and paid this guy, a Presbyterian elder and Washington insider called William Hayes, to create a committee of studio heads uh, to create um, a list of sort of don'ts and be carefuls. And the don'ts and be carefuls, are, are, it's quite a funny list. Um, thou shall not, like, you know, sort of like have the law defeated, show the inside of a thigh, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, so this guy uh, was uh, succeeded, you know, by some other people who, but it was still called the Hayes Code, but some other people took it over. And, but, but anyway, the loose list that they came up with is don'ts and be carefuls evolved over time and under new leadership to, you know, to something quite specific, and I and I really need to read you out some of this. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how much I can get of this. So get this. This is some of the particular applications of the Hayes Code. So we'll keep Mae West in mind while we're doing this. I haven't got about her or the, or the movie because this all pertains to that. So general principles: no picture shall be produced uh, which will lower the moral standards of those who see it. Hence, the sympathy of the audience shall never be thrown to the side of crime, wrongdoing, evil, or sin. 
two, correct standards of life subject only to the requirements of drama and entertainment shall be presented. I don't know what that means. Three, law, natural or human shall not be ridiculed, nor shall sympathy be created for its violation. Oh. Okay. All right. So laws, natural or human, human laws and natural laws should not be ridiculed. Wow. Okay. So is that like the gender binary? Uh, Well, (laughs) we'll get into that. So now crimes against the law. These shall never be presented in such a way as to throw sympathy with the crime as as against law and justice as or to inspire others with the desire for its imitation. So the the treatment of crimes against the law must not teach methods of a crime. So no breaking bad. Right. Uh, inspire potential criminals with a desire for imitation. So, you know, Scarface. Um, yeah, Scar- Scarface or, um, well, actually, specifically, we can talk about Scarface because they had to add in the 1932 ver- 30s version of Scarface, they actually um, changed the title. They made it Scarface, the shame of a nation, oh. uh, particularly big t- to serve this. They had that you, ha- you have to have people getting punished, but you can't inspire either. And there's that line from Psycho and Scream. Uh, what is it? No, 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 that's right. It's from Scream. Um, uh, what is it? Movies don't create psychos. They just make psychos more creative. Uh, C, make criminals seem heroic and justified. Well, you know, that's going to be difficult for the Godfather. So murder, uh, the technique of murder must be presented in a way that will not inspire imitation. Well, we've seen that happen. <laughs> Brutal killings are not to be presented in detail. Revenge in modern times shall not be justified in lands and ages of less developed civilization and moral principles. See, that's the, this. What I love about this is that, that that's offensive. Saying less developed civilization, <laughs> that's more offensive than what they're trying to say about revenge. <laughs> they're saying, you know, uh, if it's between colored people, that's okay. And you go, whoa, whoa. Okay, go back to the revenge thing. So, yeah. so you can have and, revenge between two black dudes, but not. White, white people. Yeah, well, no, so, revenge in modern times. You can't dev- you can't have modern revenge. Like, you, oh, right, only be, like, like biblical in- revenge or... Yeah, yeah, so it can be, if you're doing the Ten Commandments uh-huh. or something, you can have some right. revenge in there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, methods of crime shall not be explicitly presented. Theft, robbery, safe cracking, arson, same deal. Illegal drug, tra- drug traffic must never be presented. So, again, no breaking bad. Because of its evil consequences, the drug traffic should never be presented in any form. The use of liquor in, every, in American life when not required by the plot... All for proper characterization should not be shown. So there you go. Sex. Here we go. This is good stuff. The sanctity of the institution of marriage and the home shall be upheld. Pictures shall not infer that that low forms of sex relationship are accepted or a common thing. Whereas now that's flipped. Now sexual perversion is the norm. Mm. And if you're a heterosexual person and married, then you can fucking go and die. Okay. Boring. That's the new, that's the new rule. Get with it. So. <laughs> Adultery, sometimes necessary plot material must not be explicitly treated or justified. Fucking hell. Imagine taking adultery out of drama. Anyway, no yeah. adultery. Woody Allen's entire career would, would, wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Husbands and wives. It's just like there's two people in it. Husband, husband and wife. That's the movie. <laughs> Scenes of passion must be treated with an honest acknowledgement of human nature and its normal reactions. Many scenes cannot be presented without arousing dangerous emotions on the part of the immature, the young, or the criminal classes. That's us. Criminal yeah, classes. <laughs> they should not be introduced when not essential to the plot. Excessive and lustful kissing, lustful embraces, suggestive po- postures and gestures are not to be shown. In general, passion should be so treated that these scenes do not stimulate the lower and baser element. That's your cock and balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward chubbies. Okay. 
<laughs> so just a couple more here. Um, seduction or rape, they should never be more than suggested and only when essential for the plot and even then never shown by explicit methods. So I spit on your grave. That's not happening. Um, they are never the proper subject for comedy. So Gervais, when he says in, in the office, I think there's been a rape up there. <laughs> we can't have that line anymore. Sex perversion or any inference to it is forbidden, whereas, as I said, now that's completely flipped. Uh, five, this one's wonderful. White slavery shall not shall not be treated. That's all it says. I don't even know what that means. Wow. For some reason they had it in for white slavery. Like, is that because they loved black slavery yeah. so much? Like, I mean, you know I'm not down with the extreme left, but this is mad. That's mad. When someone's, yeah. If someone came, if I came up to you guys and said, Look, if there's one thing I don't want you guys to talk about, it's white slavery. <laughs> Wouldn't part of you say be like, "Why does he know? What's, what's that's weird." About? Well, maybe because slavery was such a such a part of uh, American history that it would be hard to do historical stuff. Maybe, but white slavery. Yeah. What? What's the well, fucking I don't know. deal? So anyway, that's a problem because again, it, you you can't show anything from ancient Greece then or whatever mm. because that was yeah, that's anyway. weird. Um. This one's wonderful. This is an old word we hear much now. Miscegenation. That's a sex relationship between white and black races is forbidden. <laughs> <laughs> What's the word? Miscegenation. Oh. I think we should bring wow. that back. You should start saying it every now and just say, so what's your view I, I, on... I'm a miscegenist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, if you just go, um, I'm, I'm really attracted to um, miscegenation. <laughs> That's my kink. <laughs> yes. Everyone goes, yeah, cool, cool. And then they look it up and they go, wait, what? <laughs> I don't even you know what. love interracial. <laughs> yeah, I are. So anyway, <laughs> this one's big. Sex hygiene and venereal diseases are not subjects for motion pictures. Well, maybe not. Actually, maybe that they should have been. <laughs> yes, so, maybe. Scenes of actual childbirth, in fact, or silhouette are never to be presented. Mm. Um, children's sex organs are never to be exposed. So oh. I know. Al Topo. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, Europe, Europe would have a problem with that. So yeah, it goes on and on. Um, complete nudity is never permitted. Includes nudity, in fact, or in silhouette, or any lecherous or licentious notice thereof. By other characters. <laughs> uh, undressing scenes should be avoided and never used, save where essential to the plot. So that scene in True Lies with the dance, Jamie Lee. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Dancing <laughs> costumes, dance suggesting or representing sexual actions or oh, indecent passion are forbidden. Bring so, it back. Well, you what? hate dancing in movies, don't you? <laughs> I hate the awkward slow dance. So yeah. religion. No film or episode may throw ridicule on any religious faith. Two, ministers or religion in their character as ministers of religion should not be used as comic characters or villains. Ceremonies of any indefinite religion or any definite religion should be carefully and respectfully handled. So... And there's one, this last one on national feelings. Get this. The just rights, history, and feelings of any nation are, are entitled to consideration and respectful treatment. So that's moral relativism. Um, the use of the flag shall be consistently respectful. The history and institutions, prominent people, and citizenry of other nations shall be presented fairly. Okay. So that's that's what you're looking at. That's a lot. That's the Hays Code. That's the detail. What do you think? How, how It would be amazingly hard to, to make a film Definitely. under those circumstances you know but people did and you know it has to be said that we got a lot of great movies out of it um and you know because creative people are creative people and they are inspired by these kind of 
of strictures. Um, you know, I would prefer that they they're not around um, because people like Billy Wilder, and, you know, and and you know, we wouldn't have Mae West if it wasn't for Double Entendre, because you can't. That's why I love Double Entendre. I love it because, well, firstly, it exposes unfunny, your humorless idiots. So you know, if someone doesn't get Double Entendre, then you should get away from them. Okay, they're humorless <laughs> and foolish. Uh, and secondly, you know, when when things are too front of shop, um, you can't. It's not playful, you know. No. So once we started getting into, see, that's the thing. These double entendres. I'm going to say it. These double entendres are better than bridesmaids. <laughs> they are. Yeah. I had a good. So she was. You know a, she's I mean? amazing. So anyway, just to wrap it up. Um, look. Who cares, right? Well, I care about this because um, I believe that movies are art, art that cost and make money, and I think artists should be given the latitude to explore the light and dark of human experience with very few few prohibitions. You don't have to watch is what I would say. But more to the point, this stupid boneheaded moral code is strikingly similar in spirit to the well-meaning neo-racist moral panic rules They've cooked up at the Oscars uh, and mm. everywhere else for that matter. If you try yeah. to pro- want to get money for your art or movies or whatever, um, sex is off the menu and race and identity are in. Don't they have a, a whole new code coming in where you have to have a certain percentage of Absolutely. this race and a certain percentage of that gender? And Absolutely. So I don't see uh, – what I think is so hilarious is that the people who've come up with that code – don't even know their own history. Mm. They don't even know that they are following the playbook yeah. of because it's a moral panic, mm. right? It's just we're changing, you know. A, weirdly, heterosex and hot chicks were off the menu then, and they're off the menu now. Like I love that on the Venn diagram, <laughs> yeah. like we've changed race and stuff over, but still in the middle, just a good old fashioned hot chick <laughs> and people having heterosex is still verboten. Yes, that's still disgusting, you know. Um, so. But don't you think that this, this, this? We'll get back to the film in a sec. But don't you think that this, hearing all of that, so and and putting it in light with that Oscars diversity uh, um, quotas and ratios uh, that they've all got now, it sort of exposes the the moral project mm. behind, and the and the and the frankly the exotic and weird and ahistorical nature of w- w- what it is they're doing. Don't you think? Mm. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah. Anyway, I just thought they, they should know the history because then they could then they could perhaps go. Oh wait a minute, we're doing we're doing it again. What do you mean we're doing it again? Well, we're doing. Didn't we do this again? Like didn't we do this before? Like we were all hot on the collar about weird stuff, and we're doing it again. And they're going to look back and yeah. say, oh, there was a time when they forced you to have you were making Dunkirk, and they were like, where are the women? You know, and and you go, what? It's Dunkirk. The women, are, <laughs> the women, the women are at home. What do you mean they're at home? Are you saying they're good at cooking? No, I'm not saying they're good. At, well, they probably are. I'm just saying that the men were dying on Dunkirk, so the women could be alive at home. And yeah. they go, I'm sorry, this conversation's over. And I hate sir. you. And I hate you. And, and everything you, you suppose, stand for. I suppose you think titties are good too. And I go, yeah, I do. I do. And they go, oh, God. <laughs> so uh, j- just as sort of an aside to the uh, to this censorship thing, uh, 
So this Hayes code was replaced by a rating system. Is that correct? Like PG, G, yes. M. So all we're talking about is is the origin story of the MPAA's classification system. Mm. So be, before the classification system came in, though, like presumably if you were, say, 10, you could have walked into a cinema and seen a, a pre, pre-code film like this. Yeah. Yes. You would yes. have been encouraged to. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what a time to be alive. But no, but that's the thing. It was it was they didn't care. They no. just were like, We're going to the movies yeah. and then <laughs> you just had to go and you know, there wasn't a big deal. Whereas now everything's a trauma. Mm. You know? Yes. Like every absolutely everything is a trauma. So seeing Daryl Hannah's butt <laughs> in Splash is traumatic. Yeah. I mean it was traumatic for me because I got a big <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else is traumatic because it's disgusting. <laughs> presumably, presumably. All right. So they had to CG that shit out. They did. Well, let's let's swing it swing it back to the film. Like, tell me about scenes and and lines. Uh, what, what do we like? Well, I just love that. Um, I, I, I liked seeing a working class woman on screen. You know, like I, it totally wasn't what I was expecting from this era film. You know, I was thinking Kim Novak or, you know, Marilyn Monroe or something like that, you know. Um, <clears throat> Not a slapper. <laughs> yeah, she is a bit of a slapper. And um, I, 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 quite, I quite enjoyed that. But it took me a little while to, to sort of understand what the fuck I was seeing because she, she walks really strangely and she's got a weird accent. Like it's, it's the Brooklyn accent, but mm. then with all the double entendres and the suggestive sexual nature, but then she's kind of a little bit old and then she's not like, <laughs> I'm not saying she's fat, but you know, she's not like super fit. Not, I'm like, what the fuck know. am I watching she's, here? She's not, she's not, um, you know, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Model of the Year 2020. <laughs> She's more like 2022. True, so. true. But she'd be skinny compared to 22. Yeah, I think she is pretty skinny. She is, yeah. yeah. She's probably they're a size 10 hard. or something. I don't know why they're going or so hard on it. because she's not right, <laughs> right yeah. thin. Yes, she's not like Audrey Hepburn or, no. you know, some of these modern actors like uh, Kira Knightley or, you know. Jesus, not anorexic. She shuffles in this really weird kind of way because she's got these strange platform shoes that uh, I think I showed you guys like a, like a, I sent you a picture of that. They're these massive shoes that she'd wear. Mm. A second Seinfeld reference. They look like the shoes that Jimmy wears yeah. in Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Kramer involved in these shoes. <laughs> but do you think you can make a film about gold diggers in today's climate? Because essentially that's what she is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like sugar babies and stuff. Well, I figured this movie is basically the Scarface for women. <laughs> like I thought that basically, you know, so she's a girl from the gutter, works her way up, putting her body on the line, in her dressing room and in the lion's cage, you know, getting them ducats, working her way up from slick to the upmarket Kirk yes, and finally to Jack. Gross. Well, he's no good. Um, Scarface did what he had to do to make it in a rig system, and so does Tyra. So, you know, um, yeah, I feel like it was. It is. It is the ultimate gold digger movie, and mm. uh, because that's the thing, I feel like you can't even. Well, well, you you can't now. You're, like, if you brought up the concept of gold digging to anyone, like just anywhere, 
ever now. If you were like, oh, that that woman's uh they go, she's a what? And you'd say, oh, she's a, she may have not married him for the right reasons. And then and you go, what are you saying? And you go, well, I'm saying that she's, um, that she didn't, she didn't write, for example, she didn't write Strawberry Field um, and she married him. And then now she wants half of Strawberry Fields. (laughs) But do you think if you scratch the surface a little bit here, that that it comes down to the fact that that if you were to concede the fact that some women engage in gold digging, that, that then you could say that they had some sort of a power over men in some way? You know that because because nowadays you, you can't say that it's only men that have power that oppress women and that women have no power over men at all. So, which this sort of goes against that narrative. AJ, you're a woman. <laughs> say something. Say something before I do. <laughs> um, I think that she's a very good gold digger. <laughs> she's skilled. She's, skilled. she's, she's skilled. got mad skills. She does. Um, like, and she's not ashamed, but she's not ashamed of just being with plenty of dudes. No. Like, yeah. but that's she, her shtick in real life too. Like, she really was that character. Well, can we say, I have no other word for it, but she's shameless. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, she doesn't, she's like Trump. She's shameless. Yeah, she was bringing home the cash. Yes. Um, and she was, so she's got this sort of real politique attitude where she's sort of like, you know. Yeah, I'm on the make. What's the big mm. deal? Like, aren't you know? Like, you're not, you know. Like, like yeah. it's uh, yeah. She's got a way of of cutting right to it, you know. And uh, she wins over the judge and the jury to straight talk, straight talking, mm. you know. And the yeah. world's unfair. Like, I mean, the, at the end of the day, you know, the world that she was living in was unfair. Like, you know, it really was. You you were technology was such that you you know. That you're you were slave to your menstrual cycle and and biology and the rest of it, um, uh, and that's just the beginning. Let alone attitudes that kept you out of anything other than just yeah procreating or or cooking me a nice meal. And it's fascinating she that do. she did she didn't she didn't have kids. No, she didn't have. Well, she no. had many lovers, but no, it wasn't her desire to either. She just wants. She just wants. She just wants jewelry. Yeah, she just wants diamonds. She just wants jewelry, endless, endless diamonds <laughs> and jewelry. What's the deal? And, and bodybuilders. Yeah, and bodybuilders. But what's the deal, AJ, with women, or if not you, like other women you know, because you, you you've obviously you know you've been out there. <laughs> um, what? Why do the lot women allegedly ostensibly love jewelry and? diamonds because it's nice and shiny is that it can be as simple as that because i like them buns that's right so is it sort of like are diamonds the dem buns of of for women diamonds are pretty cool okay <laughs> i'm just fascinated though because because her whole that's her her reason for being yeah. is jewelry yeah and she says that in the movie it the she it seems like she was like that in real life she just stayed in that um in the apartment that paramount gave her forever she didn't move for like over 50 Amazing. years she died it's in that apartment yeah. around the corner it's good rent yeah it's crazy she's very interesting well when i'm good i'm very good but when i'm bad i'm better <laughs> i see a man in your life what only one 
Now, uh, take care of these men. Yes, give them all my address. Well, well, done. Done. Haven't you ever met a man that can make you happy? Sure. Lots of times. I had a shooter lion once. Really? Was he mad? Well, he wasn't exactly pleased about it. <laughs> Oh, you were wonderful tonight. I'm always wonderful at night. <laughs> I'm sorry you think more of your diamonds than you do of your soul. I'm sorry you think more of my soul than you do of my diamonds. <laughs> I'll never forget you. No one ever does. What'd you do? Get your hair cut or have your ears moved down? I'll just come up sometimes. See me. I got some questions, some random questions that occurred to me while I was watching this. Did Tyra make some actual deal with the lions? There's, there's a setup and a payoff in there, so... She gets she she gets the the lion tamer gig, mm -hmm. and then she goes, they have a scene where she goes to the the lion cage to to talk to the cat. Yeah. And later on, there's a payoff where she says, oh, remember what we talked about?" Or whatever. <laughs> 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 they she wrote those scenes. Well, they she shot wrote them. them. Yeah. She wrote yeah. them. They shot them, and I watched them, and I'm like, "Did so? Are we to say that she's a a lion whisperer?" <laughs> Well, the, she the she was into sentient? she was into psychics and and mm. tarot readers and fortune tellers and stuff. So very much yeah, but, so. But yes, I look. I'm with you. But why? <laughs> this was literal. This was her <laughs> making a deal with them. Yeah. This wasn't her casting a spell or looking at them and you go, oh, she's talking to them. Like no, it wasn't any of that. It was I'm literally going to go and make like a like a business transaction <laughs> with the lion. Anyway, that was mad. I don't. Open up this cage. I'm going in. All right, Tara. Now, listen, honey, there's a little something I want to talk over with you. Now, this is what you got to do. And then what, what did she think of the special effect? Like she has to put her, her head inside the, the, the mouth of the lion. But well, I think it's got to put it in context. I think yeah. For the for the time, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, you know, given the time, I thought it was quite clever. Yeah, I'm shitty now, but 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 back then, because yeah, you can see through. Mm. You know, it's sort of a double. It's a double exposure. Yeah, or whatever. Um, but yeah. still, the shot before fuck that shot. The shot before that, she's next to the lion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she's got her hand on the mouth in the position when you're getting ready because when you have to do it with your. AJ, you would know with your cats when you have to open their mouth, mm. put your fingers on either side of their jaw yep. to get them to open up their mouth. And she was getting ready to doing that to a big mm. lion. Yeah. Yep. And we know Siegfried and Roy proved <laughs> that you can be best friends <laughs> yes. with lions until you're not. That's yes. right. Shit yeah. goes down. Yeah. You know? But she also came out on 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 the back of a massive elephant as well, which was yeah. real. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, she was the Tom Cruise of her day. <laughs> <laughs> did all the stuff. Yeah. All, just did, and she was like, anyway, because he does the same thing. He's like, I want to climb this building. And they go, okay. She's like, I want to go on an elephant. Okay. <laughs> that seems weird because there's uh, there's a group of people that are watching the show and, and the guys, the guys are there with their fiancés and they're so enthusiastic mm. about Mae West and going backstage to see her. Like, mm. can you be that enthusiastic about another woman while sitting next to your fiancé? You know, they're just desperate to go backstage. Well, that's Try why it. the fiancé got cut. She was I know, upset. but... <laughs> no, but maybe this is the world that we're live they were living in, which was, yeah, you just had to put up with mm. your your meal ticket. Like, um, 
just humiliating just you. Just constantly looking for, for an upgrade. Humiliating you. And that's why what, what Mae West does, her t- Tyra, is so great because the system's rigged and she's found a way to use uh, use it to her advantage. That's right. That was great, wasn't it? I didn't say anything great about it. Look here. I happen to know her publicity. How would you all like to go back in I'm poor then. Oh, no. No, no. Let's do it, Alicia. We don't care about seeing the rest of the show, do we? No. And it'll be a lot of fun knowing her. But it's absurd to make such a fuss over an ordinary circus performer. Well, are we going or aren't we? We certainly are. Oh, let's go. A couple other things. Okay, now, Jack, that's um, Cary Grant and Kirk. They're cousins, right? Are they still talking? Because <laughs> I feel the bro code has been broken That's a little wrong. bit. I mean, I know that <laughs> yeah. Kirk was in a relationship, but still. Bro- bros before hoes, right? That's Jack right. went there to help. He went there to help <laughs> and he didn't help. No. He, he went out. He got engaged. <laughs> to Tyra. Dirty dog. So anyway, there's that. Yeah. Kerry, Kerry Grant. What what do you think of of I, I just thought he was just like a little bit miscast. I thought he was like too clean and too I don't know. There's something about him too um, preppy or something. I don't know. Yeah, he seems like he's he's in a different movie. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm fascinated that he's in this movie because he's a superstar and this was he hated that that um, May West took <laughs> the credit for. You know, casting him and everything. Discovering he's like, him. I was in a big movie the year before, Blonde <laughs> Venus, and she's like, "I just, I discovered him." You know, and, I saw uh, him he, out the window. <laughs> yeah, just totally owning him. But, <laughs> but it, it's fascinating to see him in this movie because he is essentially the boyfriend and and just someone who's so big mm. later on. And it's just, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He he's sort of going through the motions. But but um, Ricky, I have a question. What is the deal with old music? Is it is it shitty or is or is the context different? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think it's it it it's oh, it's these sort of vaudeville songs that they're, they're a little bit like cabaret. You know, you either you either love them or you, you sing talking. Like well, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> sing sing talking is actually that that was kind of a popular style around that time. Yeah, a lot of sort of male. I guess they weren't called crooners at that stage, but but a lot of sort of male singers would, would would do that sort of a thing where they would, hey baby, where they would like talk but <laughs> sing at the same time, and it would just be, but but this was weird because she would break out into song in this film, but it's not a mm. musical really. Like there's a couple of numbers <laughs> where she sings, like obviously she sings at the start because that's her act. She's like working in the circus or whatever, but then there, there's like two. Maybe three other occasions. But that makes in the film it, that adds sings. to the fun and frivolity because she's singing in the reality of the of the movie. She's singing to the maids and everyone. Mm. Like she's yes. not singing to yeah. us in the way that they would in in American in Paris or singing in the rain or something. Yeah. She's yeah. just singing to people around her, and I guess that's that's like, yeah, it's not, yeah. so it's not a musical, mm. yeah, in that way. But yeah, I just don't know about these songs. Like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that's catchy, I guess. And sometimes I'm like, you're not a honky tonk <laughs> man or something. What the fuck is this? <laughs> you know? Like and 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 Katie was watching, and Katie was like, Katie was scathing. She was just like, oh, my voice is terrible. And like, I'm like, well, it might be terrible here and there, but it's her. But but that's one of the other things too. Like like you you almost had to be a singer. You know, because that because singing was in a lot of films. You know, 
they made a lot of musicals and and and, and you know sort of i guess quasi musicals like like this one you know but but what sort of developed her act and 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 the sexual nature of it was because she wasn't a very good singer like she had to yeah. have something else to uh mm. to sell i guess i was loved to be in bright lights my streets are paved with gold i found myself a new kind of man sing it honey he's mine to have and hold and how i'm in my glory when he's up around yes ma'am found a new way to go to town but yeah i'm not down with the with with the music it was you know meh it's not good it's not good well we're gonna knock off some of this stuff so aj quickly uh keeper or creeper this one's this one's really short you know so i no, i just went straight for it today and we don't have time to muck around so what do we got uh so first up on the on the on the on the slab we have um cary grant as jack clayton ricky mentioned him a second ago snappy dress up Mm. i think so that's always good. It's got sort of a mad British American accent. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they call it a mid was it mid Atlantic accent. Mm. So I don't know if that would get on your nerves or if you think it's charming, but that's something to consider. I would say that he has a chiseled La Femme hybrid oh. energy. Yeah, I I, I see it. I like get he's it. La Femme but a little bit chiseled. Mm. So, because you go, Ooh, uh, mm. I don't know, you know, yeah, like a trans man, <laughs> <laughs> always poking and prodding. Uh, well, I just I'll leave that up to you. Super rich, so that yeah, so that's him, sweet. <laughs> he is rich. He's the richest of them all. I think that's the point, and that's why she works her way up because mm. he's the richest. Um, he falls real fast. That's true. So. So I don't know. You don't have to do much. I don't know what, but I don't know what you think of guys who are all in, like after one meeting. Yeah. So you just, I mean, that's the, when they're like, do you want to get married? Mm. That's that's the sort of thing. It's a bit Harvey Weinstein, isn't it? Like, come on, come on, c- come up, come up to my hotel room, please, please, come on. Yeah, but at least he's only just wanting a BJ or. <laughs> yeah, or massage. <laughs> he doesn't want to marry you. That's right. Want to marry you. He just wants you to not embarrass him in the hotel as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Embarrassing me. Just come up there. I promise nothing will happen. I won't. I won't touch your breast. <laughs> right. Okay. So anyway, um, I don't know what his morals are like. He did. He has done in, done in his cousin. That's true. In the past, so that's some people don't care about morals. Though some people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like because you know, some people got together and just terrible immoral circumstances and they're like anyway we're happy you're having a baby so <laughs> some people do that anyway that's him that's um jack clayton next up uh ralph well rafe harold as slick wiley oh so th- hey just Sorry. wait don't <laughs> judge a book gun. by its cover he's thin so you know he's thin that's i don't know what i had what else to say <laughs> weak shoulders <laughs> weak shoulders Nimble fingers. I was about so, to say nimble fingers. There you go. Ricky knows. He knows what a woman likes. Now, do you like the jealous type? Because he's sort of an intense guy. I mean, he actually would kill for you. That's true. He would kill. He would kill, he would kill 
kill cunts for you. <laughs> so I don't know if that it makes it hotter or not. Or notter. Or notter. Uh, some girls are into that sort of thing. Look, and this is only a small thing. He's done some jail time. It is what it is. But, you know, we've got to let offenders, I think, reintegrate. <laughs> but whether you want him to reintegrate into your pussy... <laughs> <laughs> I leave that up to you to what you want in that regard. So let's keep Raw Creeper. Now, what do we think of Jack Clayton, number one? Well, you've put kind of a bad spin on him. I reckon he could have been a, a keeper before this segment, but he is. He's a bit of a loser. So, yeah, Creeper. He's pretty rich, though. Yeah, he's rich, but fuck, if you look La Femme that is asking me to marry him after 15 minutes. You're not minutes, down with trans men. Nah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got out of it. <laughs> what a big <bigot. laughs> Yes. Slick. Right. Um, <laughs> nah. But I, I, like, I don't mind the jail thing. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. No. No, Slick. Does it sort of add a, a, a dark edge to someone? Like, oh, I went in jail, like, you know, a little bit. A little bit. I don't, I don't know. I'm fascinated by jail. Would it would it be the same if, he, if it came out that he'd had mad sex, <laughs> sex in jail? If he was someone's bitch? Well, whatever. Yeah. Either, either way. I'll leave that up to you. Like, like if you're okay with him, he's like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we had, did what we had to do. I think I had sex with 300 guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well, the whole see, prison population. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All I did was get jacked and, and smashed up. <laughs> that's all I did. And you go, hmm. oh, that's my guy. That's <laughs> yes, very good. That's keep working. We got more out of it than I thought we would actually. Thank you. So I got some got some trivia for you. Um, so it was Paramount's biggest hit of the year. It was also a Franklin Roosevelt's favorite film. Oh wow! What a kink! Yeah, I know. FDR, DTF. <laughs> you are unhinged tonight, and I'm fucking living for it. Sleep deprivation has never looked so good. AJ, well, AJ loves it when when this happens to me. She loves it. I regret it later. She revels in it. That's true. I'm okay. So, yes, not much sleep. So now this is happening. So Mae West had a pet monkey called Boogie, and uh, he would eat grapes by the dozen, but he would always peel the skin off each one before popping it into his mouth. Because there's that there's that oh. Mae West line where she's like, "Peel me a grape." Okay. Yeah. It, but was that no. after the movie or? But that's in the movie to her black. No, mate. before the movie. So that's where she got the the, the whole. The whole thing about peeling grapes. Yeah. yeah. Right. AJ's brought up a good so, point. Um, yeah. She's sort of like black servitude, I think, is the bigger point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true. She did have a lot of maids. Even like before mm. she was like pretty rich in, in, in the movie, you know. Oh, they, must, they must be cheap. I don't know. Did everyone have maids Dreadful. back then? Mm. I doubt it. Um, yeah, no. Best that we stay away from it. So uh, there were considerable problems uh, arose with the censors. 
and mostly about the suggestive lines in some of the songs. So the song Nobody Loves Me Like a Dallas Man was originally Nobody Does It Like a Dallas Man. Hey. So after, hey, after the songs were toned down, the Hayes office approved the film and it was passed by the National Board of Review. That's my trivia. I don't know what they're worried about. That This Dallas guy would be out of puff, having a <laughs> fucking heart attack, you know, sweating out cigar, <laughs> nicotine, stink. Yeah. Like it wouldn't, yeah. this is not a sexy song. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I found a 1933 review from the failing New York Times. This was oh, wow. before they were failing. From, from the failing New York Times. <laughs> this is when they weren't failing. This is when they were getting ready to support uh, Hitler and Stalin. That's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So here's, uh, I got sort of two two paragraphs here. So, uh, and there's no credited uh, author for this review either. So uh, the New York Times says, it is a rapid fire entertainment with shameless but thoroughly contagious humor and one in which Tyra is always the mistress of, uh, of the situation, whether it be in the cage with wild beasts or in her boudoir with admirers or in a court of law. Tyra is ever ready with a flip double entendre and she permits no skeleton to be found behind her cupboard doors. Uh, Miss West plays her part with the same brightness and naturalness that attended her second film role. There is no lack of spontaneity in her actions or in the utterance of her lines. She is a remarkable wit. Uh, Cary Grant is pleasing as Clayton and Walter Walker is excellent as the considerate old judge. Gregory Ratoff does well as Tyra's lawyer. Uh, Wesley Ruggles has directed the film with his usual intelligence. Glowing. Mm. Yeah. Quite detailed as well. This film was a hit during the Depression, so obviously, you know, it was a pick-me-up for people. But do you, does it succeed as more than spectacle? Because I got a question, like, I, I, this occurred to me watching it. Tyra doesn't really change. No. Mm. Uh, and there's no arc to speak of, sort of. And it doesn't need to be positive. It can be negative. Like, you know, Godfather 2's got a negative uh, value charge at the end, and that's cool. But it's a change, you know. Um, it just seems like a madcap. And maybe this is why I like it. It's it's like a stream of consciousness film. Mm. She's just like, and then I was a lion tamer and, <laughs> you know. First I was with Slick. Slick went to yeah. jail. I was sweet. <laughs> I went on. Yeah. Made it big. That's right. Made it big, <laughs> and I ended up with Jack. Yeah. Well, that was before I sweet talked the judge. Right. You mm. know. So, uh, do you think this uh, this film really showed that sex could be fun? You know, whereas you know, compare that with today, where it's now, you know, any sort of sex that you see or is, trauma, is like is trauma is scary, is problematic, or you know, pretty much always just on the edge of rape. You know. Yeah, well, it is. It's all rape. It's all right. Whenever there's a penis, it's rape. But don't you know? <laughs> well, Unless it's a trans penis. Well, then it's beautiful. <laughs> okay. So I, I had a question though. Like, do you think uh, do you think Natalie Portman could learn a thing or two from Mae West? So, what are you saying? Natalie's a bit sort of like um, starfish. Do you feel that? Starfish. <laughs> do you think Natalie's a, a bit of a um, frigid sort yeah. of? Person. I think starfish yeah. is definitely different to frigid. Yeah, so. she's not she's not giving it up at all. It, it's it's no. a it's a step up from frigid. Mm. Well, May West just seems very in touch with her with her sexuality, and she's she she mm. knows how much she wants to give. She knows how much she wants to get, and she's given it. 
And getting she's it. She's given it and getting it. And she's also seems to be in charge. You know, she 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 says when she doesn't want it, she says so. Like 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 Slick goes, tries to, you know, get fresh with her and she's like, Man, I ain't got time for that, you know, and just like throws him off, you know. Mm. She she doesn't just sort of like take it and then I don't know, like wait twenty years and then take him to court. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not saying anyone's done that. I'm saying that that's what she doesn't do. Okay. (laughs) Yes. No, no, no. Love May West. Well, we're in the beginning of of our May West cycle, really. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the Me Too meter tonight, just a couple of little things. Um, Tyra has sex in exchange for expensive gifts, jewellery and such, and eventually straight-up checks from Kirk, okay? Now, you know what we say, smash the patriarchy. Well, maybe the best way to do that is to get smashed by lots of men in exchange for gifts and money, okay? What better way to say that you've had enough of women being subjugated than by sort of subjugating yourself to fat slobs for money, okay? Charge number one. Right. <laughs> uh, never was there a more apt representation of the struggles of women than seeing Tyra forced to place her head inside the hungry mouth of a big cat. No, it's not because she wanted to be rich and famous and to buy extravagant gowns and jewellery, nor was it the idea of being watched and ogled by scores of spectators. This isn't something women women have ever wanted, by the way. No, she put her head in the lion's mouth because, like many women today, she is fighting for survival. She wants simply to exist, okay? Amber Heard, Alyssa Milano, Rachel Willavine, Jada Pinkett Smith are, are all women in the struggle, okay? This is usually where alt-right Nazis like Ricky, I suppose, point out that it's literally never been a better time to be a woman. Well, you say that to Amber Heard, okay? She has to pay Johnny Depp. million of her hard-earned Aquaman money, all because she lied about him beating her up and applied fake bruises to her face. When are you people going to get it? You don't have to hit to hurt, okay? (laughs) Amber is just another woman that has stuck her head in the cat's mouth in order to escape her situation. (laughs) Next up, finally... Now, this is interesting. This sort of crosses over with trivia a bit. Uh, May worked with Raquel Welch, and mm. Raquel had some claims about May. Uh, she said at one, she believed that uh, she made a claim that she thought May was a man. She said, quote, she never worked before 5 p.m., and she also moved by herself, uh, never moved by herself. So the limo that took her to the studio, to the dressing room, also brought her onto the set. So they had to open the huge door where they load in the scenery. She was kind of like a piece of scenery. When I went over to say hello to her one day, I said, hi, it's Raquel, remember? She sort of extended her hand to me and I went to kiss the ring and one false fingernail painted silver fell to the floor. I looked at the hand and thought, oh, I'm getting a vibe. I think she's a man. (laughs) At this point in her life, all bets are off and you're not going to be able to doll it up that much. I would say it's pretty accurate that she resembled a dock worker in drag. Dog <laughs> so, look, Welch gets it, all right? She knows what we all know, and that is that trans women are women. Not just that, but the best kind of women, men. 
if this is true, then May West perhaps is the star of our times. But um, just on that last little point, did did just if your fingernail falls off, your false fingernail falls off, she knows it wasn't real, right? But it just falls off. Does that mean you're a tranny? Like, is that what we? Is that <laughs> your mind goes straight to that? Like, couldn't she just go oh, false? Yeah, fingernail. Oh. Maybe the bar off. was pretty low imagine, back then, and the glue wouldn't have been that good. I think it just Raquel clearly hates it. Mm. What she wants to say is the c word. That's what she wants to say. <laughs> That's true. So this is the American listeners. You know, you don't. I know you get more. Some of you get a little bit more offended at our use of the c word, but this is clearly all of those words she just said. She wants to just say she's a cunt. She's a cunt. <laughs> That's what she wanted to say. She couldn't say it, and she said to make up something that's way, way worse. And now, in the current context, it's sort of hate speech. It's definitely gone. Whereas I could say, like in a hundred years, people will say, "Oh, he said that she was a total cunt." They would sort of go. Oh well, yeah, I get what they what he meant. Yeah, sort of. You know, it wouldn't be misconstrued. So, anyway, do with that what you will. <laughs> They're the charger for tonight. What do we give this out of ten? I don't know. I think I think this one's a tricky one. We say this every week. <laughs> it's always tricky. <laughs> it is. Um. Well, I sort of like the "fuck you" attitude of the film. Hmm. Um, and I think on some level. You could make an empowerment argument, definitely. Like, yeah, you could definitely make an empowerment argument. Um, you because the sort of feminists that would be making the, you know, she's she's a, you know, getting used by the patriarchy argument, they're not in favor anymore. Mm. So, you know, I think that all you'd have to say is, yeah, she's getting her money, it's empowerment, and you know, she's just doing what she's got to do. Sex workers will work. And then you just got to say, oh, it's just a shame there's no no LGBT representation. But if you know she might be trans, and then that, then it would be an Oscar winner, like it would be like they'd go, this is the best movie ever made. So it's a one. Yeah, I think it is. Well, I think it's a one. Like you know, um, AJ, weren't you saying that um, Mae West has sort of got a big following on sort Massive. of drag race and all? Yeah, right. that's how well, I knew that, about her. Proof. Anything. The drag race people are attached to is critic proof. Yeah. Mm. If you say yeah. that, like drag, then your career's over. Yeah, Ricky. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I did say a while back that that Netflix was trying to push RuPaul's. What is it called? Is it called Drag Race? RuPaul's Drag Race? <laughs> yeah, I don't even yeah, know. Stands, it was trying to push it on me for a very long time. So yeah, well, it's it was, just just testing the waters. It's just, it's saying, just trying to change. It was trying to change me. It's trying to <laughs> teach me. And then you went no, <laughs> taxi driver instead. Yes. So yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's I, I, I don't think the reading I, for whatever reason that I can't quite put my finger on. I feel like Hodorowski is a would be in the current context way more offensive. Definitely. And. I don't even know why. I think, mm. oh, well, he had those charges. Yeah, once you've got, you know, of people saying that you're a rapist yeah. and stuff, like, because he said it as part of a press junket as playing yeah, a character, yeah, yeah. you know, um, yep. uh, that's, that just means mm. you're the worst thing in the world, you yep. know? Well, I'm, so, I'm going to give the score three uh, because Mae West is, is so empowered in mm. this film, you know? Yep, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I had one final question. 
The fortune teller. Is is mm. he Indian? Uh, no, if you look at his hands and his face, they are different um, <laughs> colours. So there's a bit of browning up that's going on. <laughs> Can't imagine that that's... the fake tan was that great back then. <laughs> I think that's just how they did it back then. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mae West in, in real life had uh, had a personal mm. um, psychic yep. that she would consult regularly. I think this is a genuine, I mean, you know, we'll get to it maybe as the, in the coming weeks when we see a couple more of her films, but I really feel like she is a proper auteur because, you know, the, the story concerns, the it's a particular world, mm. story, the, in, the story interests. Yeah. The, I mean, she, it's just as as original and unique as, yeah, John Waters, mm. Peckinpah, Woody Allen, anyone, like like you can hear her voice, you see her, like anyone else, it would just be completely different. If she gave the script to someone, it would be different. Mm. If she acted in something and she hadn't written, it would be different. Like what the fuck is she even talking about? A lion tamer. She's obsessed with, with horoscopes (laughs) and and horoscopes are built into the story. Mm. Like, like, like she's consulting it in more than one scene. I mean, this Mm. is, she's, she's quite the, the auteur. I'm going to, I'm going to pause it, but we'll see, see what happens as the weeks Mm. go by. Um, so next week it's uh, she done him wrong. Yeah, yeah no, this is going to be great. Uh, I can't wait for next week. I think I've seen this one and it's good. Good. So we um, said what we said, Ooh. AJ. <laughs> <laughs> did we? Did yeah. we? Okay. We did. <laughs> when I say we, I mean I. <laughs> no, I said some pretty outlandish shit tonight. Ricky, just just sign always. off with just sign off with believe all women and you'll be fine. I do believe all women. Hashtag all men. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, well, until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. What do you mean they're at home? Are you saying they're good at cooking?